Gentile Christians, and he, Paul said, because of, of fear. Okay? And that could be fear on any number of levels. He could have been afraid for his life. He could have been afraid for his, uh, his standing, whatever that may have been. I'm inclined to think that Peter perhaps was never really part of this group anyway. That as he was following Jesus around and being Jesus' disciple during the time of Jesus, he would not have been accepted into these people's circles to start with. Okay? So when Paul talks about the hypocrisy, it's hypocrisy indeed because you're, you're acting like something that you're not and you never were. Okay? <coughs> And really, you traded the, the, the better for something better. Okay. You're more concerned about what people think about you than what God thinks about you. Okay. That manifests itself in a lot of ways. Even in the religious world. You know, if we take a stand on principle, and when I mean principle, I'm talking about God's word and foundation somebody says, well, you know, that kind of upset somebody or that ruffled somebody's feathers or this or that. Um, it's, never, it's, never the, it's never the purpose of the principled individual to give offense. But I would rather have you mad at me because I didn't or I did than have God mad at me. Ultimately, that's that's who we are to please. Okay? And most of the time, the offense that's taken is because you know light has been shown on someone's hypocrisy or someone's divergence from the will of God or their lack of understanding of God's word and so forth. That's typically where the rub is. So, we have to be principled. If you don't have principle, what do you have? And more importantly, your principle must be based in the Word of God. Okay? Um, principles are not, not up for, they're not up for sale, are they? your principle, what have you done? You, you, you forfeit everything. And we live in a world, we're talking, we're looking at what's taking place here in the, in the, in the Bible and we're, we're making applications of the day. You know, principles are pretty cheap. And they go for ridiculous prices. on TV, politicians, talking heads, whatever. You know, and then in about six months, it's a little different. Okay. What happened to the principle? What happened to those things that you wanted me to believe so earnestly six months ago? You see what I'm saying? 
Now, if you'll look, uh, Shorty, would you lead us in the word of prayer? Dear me, Father, thank you for this time that we can come study thy word. We'd ask you to be with each and every one of the teachers as the word that they have studied and are presenting to us will be according to thy will, dear Lord. We'd ask you to uh, be with our big day next week and let it be a success. Let us have awesome visitors and bring them closer to you, dear God. We'd ask you to be with Scott and our elders and our deacons as they uh, try to do your work here. Let it all be done uh, to the best of our ability and according to your word, dear Lord. Thank you for the rain and all the blessings you have blessed us with. We'd ask you to forgive us all of our sins and our falling short as we go throughout our lives. Help us be better example for those around us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, listen uh, to what the Holy Spirit says in Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. But when Satan, we've already read this, but I'm, just, I'm going to go over it one more time. But when Satan came to Antioch, I posed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. Okay. The rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, If you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? Now, how would Peter have been compelling the Gentiles to live like, to live like Jews? Now, we don't have any indication that Peter will say, Hey, y'all got to be doing what I'm doing. Okay? And the text says that he withdrew from them. So how could he be compelling them to do anything? By his influence. By his influence. Okay. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I revealed what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. In other words, if I, if I insert myself back under condemnation, I'm condemned indeed, okay? What does Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 say? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if I come out of Christ and I go back under condemnation, I'm, I'm certainly condemned, aren't I? For through the... Can I got a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, in verse 14, where it says, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. What's he referring to? 
I, I thought I touched on that last week. In, in my mind, when I, when I read that text, and, and somebody please tell me if you see something different, I sense a little bit of sarcasm in what Paul's saying. Yeah, but in what way? I, I remember that, but in what way? Like, so you want to be a Jew, huh? Okay, you see what I'm saying? But you're not you're not living up to that standard. Okay? If you want to be under that system, you better get better at it, in other words, okay? Because if you can't keep the law entirely, then you are condemned as a transgressor. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can't be a, a Jew and live like a Gentile. Right. Well, so, it, it, it probably included his diet and everything else. Mm -hmm. You go back to the provision before he went to Cornelius, uh, he probably just wasn't very strict in following right. dietary. We're, we're actually going to talk about that here in just a second as it relates to Peter's attitude. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, it's kind of like a guy we had in office years ago when they were when he was running, he made the statement that, you know, he was a Muslim Christian. And there ain't no such thing. And you're not going to be a Jew Gentile or a Gentile Jew. I mean, you're going to be a Christian or you're going to be a Jew or you're going to be, in other words, well, what he was talking about, there wasn't no such thing. Otherwise, he, he would just ride the fence. He was. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, well, no commitment there. Yeah. And when, when I when I said that I sent some sarcasm there, here's what I mean. And I tie this back to the point that we made that Peter probably wasn't ever really accepted by this group from the get go. Number one, number one, Peter was a Galilee. Okay, so his his ties, as it were, to Judaism was not in the epicenter of that religion, Jerusalem, Judea. You see what I'm saying? And let me finish making this point. So, he, even before Christ was on the scene, Peter was probably seen as you're 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 the working class. You're 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 you know you're 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 an Israelite. You know, but but that by this time we have that attitude, we have that caste system where we have we have the uh, Sanhedrin and the uh, teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. You've got this religious establishment that keeps the people at arm's distance. You know, because Jesus is going to confront them about this. And here's what I mean: uh, in in Matthew chapter eleven, excuse me, Matthew chapter uh, twenty three, Jesus says, you know. You tie up burdens and difficulties on people that you don't even lift a finger to help them. Okay? But Jesus comes on the scene and he says, Take my burden and take my yoke because my burden is light. Don't think that, that didn't go unnoticed. Okay? Jesus is setting himself up as something different from the ruling class, the established religious establishment. Those people didn't just let anybody come into their group. Okay, these are exactly the same people that Paul points out as false brethren 
in Galatians chapter 2. Sent in to spy out their liberty in Christ. This is a group of people who didn't just let anybody come in. You see, Sam, am I making sense here? And so now Peter, and I'm, I'm not trying to overanalyze this, but it's almost as if they're kind of baiting Peter in to flip him. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Paul's saying, so you want to be a Jew, huh? You want to be like the rest of those people. You're not any good at it. You, you see what I'm saying? You're going to have to decide who you are, okay? Because if you're, if you're going to that, let me warn you. You're going back under condemnation. Kind of like, better be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Exactly. It's the power of influence, the power of peer pressure, the, 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 the power of having this uh, elite group or, or people trying to maintain their influence. Maintain These people are not going to let go of their, their social, religious position that easily. Is any of this jealous? With, is, that, is any of this making sense? So that's why I say when I read this, I get a sense of sarcasm in what Paul's saying. Does that make sense? Uh, kind of like the same thing. Jews are out about, though. He's warning about the false teachers, and they're coming in there and stirring them up and, you know, bring back to Jesus. And it's, I, I see an example like, if you've ever been, and we all have in situations around a bunch of other people who are not, uh, maybe you're part of a group doing something or a meeting or something, are you going to fall into that group or are you going to, like, maybe after a meeting or something, everybody says, let's go here, let's go there. No, I'm not, you know, that's part of being, again, being set apart. Somebody's not looking, or somebody, you know. But there's another one there. There's another verse there. It says, We're Jews by nature, not sinners from among the Gentiles. We're still sinners. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, that, that's, the, that's what you need to take away from that, too, is that Paul's not making a, a, a distinction that Gentiles are sinners and Jews are not. He's saying, <clears throat> We're sinners from among the Jews, not sinners from among the Gentiles. Okay. And maybe <coughs> even worse. It's, you know, not to know about God, not to know about Christ. Or not to even, let's say back then, not to even know about God. <coughs> but they knew about God. They were God's chosen people, and yet they were failed. And that's why the law. Law brought about condemnation. Law brought about sin. Sin brings about death. And the law condemned. There was not, there was no benefit in really dealing with the law because nobody could keep it. The law was there to bring about condemnation and then to lead to Christ and bring. There's now no condemnation in Christ because the law is done away with. 
It's near. It, no. It's like this. This is an oversimplistic view and understanding. You take the day society. Every day, every you know, somebody's upset about something. Okay, I don't like this. This offends me. Whatever. So we got to have a new law. Okay, we got to have a new regulation against whatever because this person or this group of people got offended. By, so we just pile on with. Law after law, regulation after regulation. Pretty soon, if you have enough laws and enough regulations, everybody's a criminal now. You see what I'm saying? If you put enough laws on the books and you put enough regulation on the books, every time you do that, you're creating another class of criminality. So before long, everybody's going to be a criminal. You can't live under that kind of a system. Okay? Because no one will ever be right before the law. At <coughs> some point, the law will find a way to condemn you. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the distinction to be made between what Christ said: "Take my burden upon, take my yoke upon you, because my burden is easy and it's light." Okay, does that make sense? And if we go, and if Peter goes back into that system where there is burden after burden. It's a system that will find some way to condemn him. You understand? Now, your question was, was what does he mean by uh, in verse 14 where he says, if you live like the Jews, if, or if, you're, if you're a Jew and you don't live like the Jews, but you want the Gentiles to live like the Jews, does that make sense? That, did we touch on what you were thinking about? Go ahead. Well, Peter had trouble with that, and they all did. And we did. But they had trouble. When Peter saw that vision of God, and he said, Rise, Peter, kill me, you know, he took him three times to get it. God said, what I have told you, no longer uh, consider unclean. You know, and he was talking about the general. We're going to talk more about that in detail. Nope, I didn't mean it. It's just like today, the dual society, or, uh, standards that we had today, he was just trying to put us all under one standard rather than you know, you've got your standard here, you've got yours, and you've got yours. We're all under the same law. And that's right. That's right. The whole world stands condemned before God. Okay. Um, if you go back and you read Romans chapter 3 and you read Romans chapter 4, you, you need to understand that sin came into the world before Israel existed and before God chose them. Because the whole world stands condemned under the law of sin and death. When did the law of sin and death come about? In the garden. Okay. So that what that means is, is whether you are a Jew under the law of Moses, or you are a Gentile under the law of sin and death, you're all under the law of sin and death. Okay. The world was condemned before the law came. 
okay? When the law comes to Israel, God's chosen people, it establishes holiness, it establishes it establishes uh, righteousness as it pertains to God, it demonstrates the person and personality of God, and how he cannot be in the presence of sin and unholiness. Does that make sense? God had to have a holy vehicle in which to deliver Christ into the world. Does that make sense? Okay. Are we okay to move on now? Um, Verse 19 says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have, and what does he mean by that? That doesn't, when you read, if you take verse 19 and you lift it out and read it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Listen, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Is somebody reading something different from the New American Standard? Dale, are you reading from the NIV? What does it say? Well, it says, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Okay. Anybody got something different? That doesn't make a lot of sense, or it doesn't make sense to me, until you read verse 20. Verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. How did you die to the law, Paul? Because you have partaken in the death of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? He said, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith in the Son of God. Go ahead. What is the difference between flesh and spirit? You know, in the law pertains to things of flesh, and then Jesus, those who work now, will be do so in spirit. John chapter 4. So, there. And in verse 19, when he says, For through the law I died to the law, Christ died under what law? He died under the old law so that through his death for the Hebrew can participate in that death under the law. And for the Gentile under the law of sin and death, can also partake because the wages of sin is what? And we participate in the death of Christ. So we now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians chapter 2. I do not nullify the grace of God for if the righteousness comes through the law then Christ died needlessly. Now, let's all of that to point out, Peter is an example, and I know a lot of times this ends up into being Peter bashing, but I, I look up to the Apostle Peter, okay? And he is an example that I want to emulate because he is emulating Christ. He was chosen by Christ to be an apostle. And therefore, in I feel safe admiring the Apostle Peter. I look up to him, and when he speaks, I understand that he is speaking the oracles of God. Okay. Now, 
But what's being pointed out is Peter's inconsistencies in Galatians chapter 2. Not so that we can pile on Peter, but so that we can notice inconsistencies in our own life and recognize them for what they are. Okay? There, there's six of them that we want to notice, all in that passage that we just read, verses 14 through 21. There's at least six points of the gospel doctrine that Peter repudiates by separating from the Gentile brethren. First off is the unity of the body of Christ. We're to be united. Okay, in verses two, verse, uh, chapter two, to verse fourteen, it says that uh, he is separated. Uh, in verse verse twelve, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof. Okay, but in Ephesians chapter four and verse three, the Holy Spirit says we are to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay, so that's the first inconsistency. Secondly, is the justification by faith in Christ. In verses 15 through 16, <clears throat> Paul points out that we are not justified by the law, we are justified through faith in Christ. Okay? In Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 27, Paul writes, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Precisely the same thing he writes here in Galatians chapter 2. Thirdly, the ministry of Christ, the cross, and the fulfillment of the law. This is an aspect of the gospel message. <clears throat> and Peter's actions are, re are repudiating that message. Okay? In 2 and verse 17, he says, But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? This is precisely what Daddy was saying a while ago when he said, you know, you can't be a Jew and a Christian. Okay? You can't be you can't be under Judaism and be under Christ at the same time. There, it, <clears throat> the religion of Judaism is, is anti-Christian. It's, it's a gift of Christ. The founders of the religion of Judaism, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, this whole group, they are anti-Christ. They are against Christ. Okay? They're the ones that brought him to be killed under, the, uh, under Roman law. Okay? People talk about Judeo-Christian values. There's no such thing. Okay? That's a misnomer. You can look throughout the Word of God and see how... See how the, the morality in God's moral law starts on page one and goes all the way through the end. But it's not Judeo-Christian, okay? <clears throat> now, so it repudiates the ministry of Christ, the cross, and the fulfillment of the law. In Hebrews chapter 7, starting in verse 24. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily like those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because this is this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son made perfect forever. 
You're leaving, and when you withdraw from the ministry of Christ, you're going back to a weaker ministry with a weaker priesthood. I want to finish talking about that next time, but I also want to talk about how Peter's actions repudiates the process and the purpose of the law to convict men of sin. Uh, faith in Christ as a source of power to live for God. And finally, the grace of God expressed in the cross of Christ.